Welcome to the Sports and Entertainment Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Of the major sports in the United States, baseball has been one of the most unchanging. From the actual game to the way players are scouted, things have remained mostly the same. But thanks to new technology in the past few years, scouting for new players is getting easier and more profitable. Here to tell us a little bit more about how technology is changing professional sports scouting for the better is Alex Tuccio, CEO of Scout Day. Alex, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Daniel? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks for asking. And we're excited to have you on to talk a bit more about the evolution of sports scouting. You know, I feel like it was the same for a really long time, and now we're finally starting to see some innovation in the field. Could you give us almost like a history lesson of what sports scouting has been like for the past several decades? For context, you know, I'm 24 years old. I just finished up my collegiate baseball career two years ago in 2016. So for me, throughout my entire career playing baseball, I kind of evolved along with the internet almost and along with technology specifically over the last, you know, five to 10 years. So I think that's what really allows me to have an interesting perspective, you know, especially for me from my career from start to finish. So, you know, looking back, I guess, over a 20-year window, let's say, the process of scouting is very much almost historic where scouts are using stopwatches, radar guns, and even things like that are still relatively new within that 20-year window. So looking at the use of tools of things like you know radar guns, stopwatches, and things like that, even things like that are, are relatively new, which is kind of hard to believe based on how fast technology is now evolving. So for me, throughout my career, that's more what I am accustomed to in terms of you know, measuring athletes uh, and evaluating athletes is things like radar guns, things like stopwatches, specifically for baseball to measure things like 60-yard dash time, velocity, and things like that. So it's really interesting to see the shift that has come from things like that up to, you know, now these days where companies are using things like, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning, computer vision to do kind of the same measurements and then some. So that's kind of what I see, you know, over the 20 years that I can speak to in terms of baseball scouting is going from these, you know, older tools that I mentioned up to, you know, now over the last three years, three to five years, companies that are using, you know, the newer emerging technologies. And these newer emerging technologies, how are they changing sports scouting? I mean, clearly the new technology gives access to more information and more data, but how is that actually affecting the way that new players are scouted? Yeah, I would say it affects it in two ways. I think the first is actually deciding on a player, uh, whether it's, you know, college scholarship or draft spot, you know, having quantifiable data certainly uh, makes certain decisions either justifiable or not justifiable. So I'll give you a more specific example. So, you know, let's say it's 1980, right? And, you know, they still had radar guns, stopwatches, you know, they're scouting John Doe, who's a baseball prospect, you know, the scout is most likely in that player's home explaining the benefits of professional baseball versus college sports and giving the sales pitch 101 of, you know, what the organization can do for them and how much. That scout is making more of a decision on the player's makeup and, you know, maybe things that can't be quantified versus today where, you know, if a scout has all these data points, you know, such as exit velocity, launch angle and things like that for, you know, high school hitter, it's a whole different conversation where 
It's essentially creating benchmarks for these decisions to be made at the collegiate and professional level. So it's just an entirely different conversation and a more detailed conversation, both for the scout and the player. So that's really the first way that I see it changing. The second way would be kind of the compensation side. Obviously, you know, baseball players and and their contracts at the MLB level have (laughs) certainly exploded in terms of how much these players are making on a yearly basis. But I think now that this data is openly available to the organizations and also to the players, you know, as they're training, you know, let's say in the offseason, for both sides of the negotiation table, you know, an organization has this whole, you know, let's say database of benchmarks of players in the league that have, you know, and hit certain data points in their performance. And the players have access to the same information. So I think it's just kind of another poker chip in the negotiation of contracts, which is kind of a a side of things that isn't really widely discussed, you know, how high school players can uh, enter the MLB draft and, you know, the value of that player as a senior in high school versus a junior or senior in college when they're draft eligible. So I just think the data piece uh, in the compensation conversation is a really interesting wrinkle that not many people are looking at. Yeah, definitely. So you think players will be able to take some of that information they've gained from being scouted and then when they have offers on the table, they can be like, hey, well, you know, I scored this much and this much and this much in these areas. I think I deserve a little more because of these kind of, you know, actual pieces of hard data. I think it could definitely evolve to that. I don't know. I can't speak to, you know, the actions of front offices currently, but I could totally see, you know, in the next three to five years, that totally being a part of that conversation and negotiation, mainly because, you know, it's always easiest to negotiate when you have factual information and value that you're bringing, you know, whether it's sports or business or whatever the industry might be. So when you're able to present, you know, specific numbers that say, you know, this is why, you know, I'm worth, you know, this much money, I think it could totally go that direction, you know, very soon. So I'm interested in the actual technology that allows this to happen. What are some specific examples of tech that's out there right now that's making scouting easier and more comprehensive? Yeah, absolutely. So that's part of what we're doing uh, at Scout Day, specifically for, you know, the college baseball recruiting industry. Basically, what we're working on internally, I can't tell you everything, of course, but At a high level, what we're basically looking at is how do we create money ball for college baseball recruiting? And so for someone who might have an understanding of, you know, sabermetrics and money ball, it's all about looking at player performance, you know, player stats in regards to compensation. But instead, we're looking at, at it from an angle of college scholarship money. And so that's kind of on a six to eight month horizon, I would say for us. Like I said, we are kind of working on that, you know, internally. But Besides what you know, we're doing, there's definitely a lot of companies doing cool things. I know there's a company called Blast Motion. They basically create sensors and technologies that trace you know, baseball player performance. So one of their technologies, I believe, is called Blast Vision. And so basically, using their technology, you can take a recording of you either throwing or hitting a baseball. And just from taking the recording, you're able to track you know, very quantifiable data from just that video and the technology that they have does that. So you'll be able to pull things like, you know, let's say you're swinging, they'll be able to tell you all the important metrics that, you know, typically a bat sensor would be able to relay to you without even needing the sensor. So to me, that's fascinating because like I mentioned earlier, you know, my career in baseball from, you know, youth to high school to collegiate was kind of on the same 
progression as these sensors that are, you know, basically tracing hitter performance. And to see already in this window, the transition from needing the sensor and how awesome the sensor technology was and reporting this data already progress to a technology that basically the video does it for you uh, using computer vision. I think that is kind of the ultimate benchmark for how fast, you know, these things are moving specifically in baseball here. So that's one example in a five-year window where, you know, it was just three or four years ago where I was first using a company called Zep, which is a bat sensor company and, and gives you all those metrics. And now here we are in 2018. And I believe Blast Vision is, you know, about a year old or so. And, you know, it's already in the market and consumer ready. And I think that's just, you know, absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that technology sounds like it can really change the way personal players you know, submit their data. The fact that there's some technology out there that can analyze a home video and turn that into actual hard data is really, really interesting. You know, what kind of technology allows that to happen? And on Scout Day's side, what kind of technology do y'all use to take those player performance stats and turn them into scholarship money? I know that's kind of a two-part question, so. Right. So I'll answer the first part first. You know, I don't know the guys at, at Blast Motion specifically, but from my understanding of the technology, what I imagine they do is they have a huge database of baseball video. They have the metrics that go along with it, which makes total sense because they had the sensor before they had this technology. So they basically have videos that are provided alongside the data that the sensor is able to pull. And they basically trained this technology to read the videos automatically as if it was text. Um, so that I imagine is, and like I said, I, I was not the person to create this technology, so I, I might be incorrect. But from my understanding, from an outside level, that's probably what they did is they just had access to so much data. And that's how this works, right? When you're trying to be data focused, the more you have, the smarter your technology becomes, you know, good for them for, you know, making the most of, you know, the data that they've collected. So that's the answer to the first part of your question. So the second part of your question, what are we doing with the data and how do we plan to use it? And, and that's kind of where our technology stands today is we are where Blast Motion was before they created Blast Vision. So we're basically in the sensor phase, if you will. We're collecting the data, our own data. We're also looking at external data. And we feel that you know over the next 6 to 12 months, we'll be able to combine the two to create something powerful in a way that Blast Motion created Blast Vision. And so the technologies that we're using, you know, essentially is going to be machine learning. At a high level, our goal is to remove the search out of the college recruiting process. So if we are successful in our goals from a development perspective and an intellectual property perspective, we will have a platform that basically generates recommendations for, you know, college recruiters in baseball at this point and for high school baseball players so that they understand you know, what schools they should be looking at, potentially what kind of scholarship money that player might be worth to the program. What's interesting about college baseball from a financial perspective is very similar to how MLB has salary caps. College baseball is not a fully funded sport, you know, like a basketball or, or football. Most teams at most have 11.7 scholarships to distribute to at maximum 35 players. So if you do the math, it averages out to about 30 to 40% scholarship at most per player. So it makes it very difficult for these coaches to allocate those funds, you know, because they are so limited and you want to be able to build the strongest team possible. So that's why, you know, I look at what Moneyball has been able to do 
for front offices. And I feel like we can create something similar that really helps these coaches make those decisions. And then also from the player's perspective, find those opportunities where they can actually get that money. Well, it sounds like this technology is a huge time saver. I mean, the whole aspect of going out and searching for new talent and the physical act of scouting, removing that from the equation and creating, you know, not only comprehensive data that you can analyze, but a database to store it all and to see a full list of players. And like you said, recommendations, that must be such a breath of relief for coaches that have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of players to search through. Exactly. And so that's kind of the phase and what we're doing at Scout Day. For anyone listening to this who goes and downloads the app and you look at it, it's very simplistic. And it's designed that way from a user interface and user experience perspective intentionally by us because everything that we're collecting, every action, every input into the app is there for a reason. It's not because you know we didn't put thought into it and there's missing features because we don't care. Every little thing that is a part of our app today has a purpose. And so that's really to, in the longer run, to build a core technology is, you know, you obviously need a starting point. And for me, you know, as the CEO and kind of the, the product vision side of things, I know the data that is important for us to collect. And so that's kind of, if you want to name the stage that we're in, I would say we're in the data collection phase. Like monetization is great. You know, obviously we're business, we need to make money, but I'm looking at the bigger picture and the bigger opportunity to make a difference in the industry, which is what we're here talking about today. And so we feel that by, you know, continuing to build off of this core product that we've released, you know, three months ago, we're setting ourselves up to, you know, achieve our goals in the long run. Yeah, that's important. It having a strong base and, you know, your app and your platform being simple to use it seems like a no-brainer, but it's it's a really important aspect of making sure people can use your platform and making sure that everything is comprehensive and easy to access. Looking into the future a little bit, what do you see on the horizon for professional sports scouting? And how do you think technology is going to continue to change the landscape? Yeah, absolutely. I think from a professional level, if you're looking at professional baseball scouting, those organizations are going to do whatever it takes to find the best players possible for the least amount of money. So it's it's a very interesting question to look at because like we've been discussing, things have already come so far so fast. You know, if we're really looking kind of at, at you know, the the future and really putting our minds out there, you know, we hear a lot about, you know, robotic umpires and and things like that. Why is there not, you know, robots doing the scouting? I mean, why is there not technology that exists that can collect all the same information, collect video footage of the players that they're interested in, and do all those things. And the organization wouldn't even have to pay the robot, obviously. They could just own this technology or license it and you know, set them up. You know, I think that's where, if you look at a lot of parallel industries, you know, like you were alluding to before, where it's a time-consuming process, you know, we hear a lot about you know, robotics and kind of eliminating almost the human interaction because it's time-consuming. And I might be the first person to ever publicly say this, and I might be totally wrong, but that's what I think of when I think of the friction and the frictions that exist in this industry is, you know, why, why is there not a better solution? Almost why are humans still the ones collecting this information? And even if there's a humanistic side to it where on the back end, the human is still evaluating this person, the prospect, the player, 
and also holding conversations as part of the, the interview process uh, side of the scouting. To me, I mean, that's, that's where I think organizations could go because it is, you know, like you mentioned, a process that includes a lot of friction at this point. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty hot take, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like I said, I, you know, that's, that's kind of uh, me and just another day in the life of, you know, looking at things from a weird perspective. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. Luckily, I'm not in the robotics business. But, uh, you know, I'm interested to see for sure, you know, the direction that things might go. Like you see in every industry, people are pushing more towards automation and more towards having machines do those kinds of tasks. And in most industries, people are saying that that's where things need to go. You know, it's going to save time. It's going to make things more efficient, honestly safer, because human error is pretty consistent. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure it'll make its way into the sports world faster than we all imagine. So... Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and helping to break down a bit of how this new tech is changing sports scouting. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Thanks for having me. And just to, to wrap up kind of that last point, I mean, I, you know, I know a lot of scouts, you know, we're partnered with Perfect Game, you know, baseball's largest third party scouting service. And I have no emotional feeling about it. Like to me, it's, you know, my loyalty is with the game. I just want to see the game be successful as a whole. And if that's humans doing the scouting, if it's software doing the scouting if it's both i just want to see the game continue to thrive you know for the years to come and i think that's what's most important so it's definitely going to be an interesting next you know 5 10 20 50 years and uh, i appreciate you having me on and hopefully in a few years we can look back on this conversation and you know see how things are different or the same and uh, maybe reconvene at that point yeah we'll have to be discussing something new because <laughs> in a year i'm sure everything's already going to be completely different Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you having me on and uh, enjoy chatting with you about, you know, the future. Yeah, of course. And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to your favorite articles, podcasts, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin. Till next time. Bye.